and then you got you to do it by faith. And Anchor 2 says, believe that God's love and power can restore hope and healing. You have to have a strong foundation of hope to get on and stay on God's pathway and invitation of discipleship and God's school of character development. Because if you're going to get discipled, you have to enlist and apply by the blood of Jesus and enroll in God's school of character development. There's no skipping out on this class if you're going to embrace discipleship. What am I talking about? Well, Romans 5. Again, you got to know Romans. you got to know this stuff. Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory, watch this, in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And when you can withstand the storm and persevere, no matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter what sickness throws at you, no matter what the world throws at you, no matter what all the naysayers are throwing at you, all the dark voices, all the wicked spirits, when you withstand that and persevere, perseverance produces character. And when you have character, you have hope. And hope doesn't put you to shame. Hope doesn't disappoint because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. So if you persevere and you embrace God's school of character development, and you withstand the storms of life, hope starts rising up. And when you got hope, when you're, an, when you're a change agent of hope, nothing in, in the world, empowered by the Holy Spirit, nothing in the world can stop you. Now again, fact is, let's just get real, we don't like change. And, and you, know, you know, one of the reasons you don't like change is, is because you've been handed bogus change suggestions all your life. We'll just do better. See, the world system of dealing with sins and problems is abstinence. You hear me say this all the time. In other words, do your best not to do it. But you do it anyway. Because whatever you resist is always going to persist. And that's the problem with abstinence and letting your goal just be sobriety. Trying not to do something the rest of your life is a terrible way to live your life. And it'll wear you out. God's method let me tell you something. You know what men love? Women, just in case you want a great gift to give a guy? A remote control. Nothing like a universal remote control that handles everything. I mean everything. You know what the best thing about a remote control is? If you don't like what you see, change the channel. Change the channel. Change the channel. See, God's method is simply allowing him to change the channel of your thoughts, change the channel of your actions, and eventually change the channel of your feelings. And the Holy Spirit in you has the power to change the channel of your thoughts, actions, motives, heart, feelings, temptations, and watch this, even your circumstances. And anytime you partner with God, that's what you're going to need. When I got saved, I had accountability partners. I had discipleship partners. I had men that sat me down and discipled me through the word of God. I had prayer partners. I still have prayer partners. Now, 
I still have those people, but I've got the best partner in my life, and that's the Holy Spirit that is partnering with me along with Jesus and my Father. Who can stop me? Who can stop you? Anytime you partner with God and allow the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out, watch this, you're being discipled. You're being discipled. And God's method and formula to change has always been, will always be, discipleship. Now, being a disciple of Jesus Christ is a lot different than just going to church once or twice a week. To get excited because the preacher moved you or the band inspired you is nice, but that's not necessarily spiritual growth. God saved you for a purpose. God saved you so you can become a disciple. It's not simply enough to say, I'm going to heaven, but are you like the one that made a way for you to go to heaven? Are you more like Jesus today than you were yesterday and more like Jesus tomorrow than you were today? That's discipleship. The singular overarching goal of a disciple is to bring their entire life under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now watch this and help someone else do the same. Notice that this brings discipleship full circle. Disciples ought to turn around and make other disciples. Ultimately, that's how you fill the mandate of, by the way, this is your purpose and calling in life. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of age. Whether that be at home in your relationships, at work, mentoring, meeting with people one-on-one, taking them to an encounter, Bible study, your life ought to be about discipling others as you embrace the discipleship track of your own. Bill Reeser needs to get deeply more discipled this year than I was last year. This is your highest calling and purpose. The most successful people I know are the ones who prepare for eternity the most. That's why discipleship requires that your mindset, watch this, go way beyond a salvation experience. Your mindset has to go on, I'm saved, I'm forgiven, and I'm good. Discipleship, a disciple is someone so committed to the cause of Christ that they will follow him through the gates of hell and back. A disciple is someone who finds their entire identity and purpose and meaning in Jesus. Which, by the way, this is your eternal life. What do you think you're going to do after this life in heaven? It's all going to be about Jesus. Worshiping him all day. Praying. It's a life transformed by Jesus. Now watch this. Jesus doesn't call everyone to leave everything every day. But he calls us to be willing to give up everything at any point on any given day. God has a kingdom assignment for every person in this room tonight. And while what we are called to may be unique, the call is an extreme standard of being a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. It's a reverent submission to the Lordship of Christ in your life every day. It's a no compromise all-in state of mind, backed up by all-in actions. Being a believer is one thing. Being a disciple is altogether different. So let's look at Anchor 6, the, the key scripture in Anchor 6. It'll be up on the screen. It says, therefore, I left out an E in therefore, because I, I, I wrote it as my accent, therefore, um, so that you can see my accent. I just, I just lied. 
I just forgot the E. Therefore, how you doing? Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. Now, now if you're new, if you never heard me say this before, there's three parts to that scripture. Which, by the way, if you're new to studying the Bible, this is a great way to study the Bible. Look for scriptures that make a statement, followed by instructions, followed by a promise of what God will do if you actually follow the instructions. Did you catch that? Statement, instructions, promise from God. The statement is, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. So the statement is, view God's mercy in view of God's mercy, in light of what Jesus has done for you. We'll get back to it. Let me read the whole thing first, and then we'll break it down. How's that? In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's the instructions. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So we're going to define what worship is tonight. It's not just singing songs. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Did you catch that? Here comes the promise. Well, let me ask you this before I say the promise. How many people would like in 2023 to know what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is for their life? How many, how many would like to know that? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, just do those two verses. And you'll know what God's will is. I tell someone, I told someone the other day, I know exactly what God's good and pleasing will is for my life. I'm living it out. And I'm at peace with that. And when it comes to experiencing change, transformation, healing, deliverance, direction, and becoming a disciple, that's the scripture. That, that's the engine it runs through. So before you can change, the one who can change everything has to capture your heart with his mercy. That's why you should view it, meditate on it, relish it, cherish it, embrace it, and think about the mercy of God and the grace of God in your life every day. Now, Paul's basis for giving yourself completely to the Lord is to consider what God has done for you, to recognize and think about his mercy. This is what Carolyn wrote in the Encounter Bible study. I'm preaching her stuff here. Think about how you were dead in your sins with no hope or plan to fix the penalty for your sins. Enter Jesus Christ who took your sin, forgave your sin, became your sin, died for that sin, therefore paid the penalty for that sin and declared you not guilty. That's a big price. That's a big payment. That's a big savior. Someone say amen. I think everybody should say amen. amen. What a gift. And because of Jesus, you can have peace and joy despite your circumstances. Because of Jesus, you can have an eternal home in heaven. In view of that kind of mercy, the gift that he's given you and all that he's done for you, the finished work of Jesus, anchor three. That's why you got to study that. Paul says that you have to offer your body to him as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. And this is a true act of worship. This is a lifestyle. And in view of such mercy, our hearts should be flooded with an attitude of gratitude that has a deep desire to love and obey Jesus for all that he's done for us. That's the worship that Jesus is looking for. Jesus said so in this. He said, yet a time is coming and now has come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshiper the Father seeks. And that's why you got to read the book of Galatians. Because you have to, and we're going to talk about that next week. 
you need to know and, and, and rely on and appreciate and never grieve and stay in step with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because you'll never get it together until the Holy Spirit puts you back together. You'll never have self-control until the Holy Spirit is in control. And you'll never survive and get over your darkest hour until you have a life-transforming encounter and get filled with the Holy Spirit's power. I just gave you a preview for next week. The end result of true worship, transformation. God transform you when you allow him to make the changes in your life. It will lead to worship in every area of your life. Your mind, your heart, your body and soul. So worship is just not going to a church service and singing a few songs, which is great. It may be to a way to express worship, but God views true worship, watch this, how you live your life. Especially when you are alone. Because you're never alone. Because God's always with you. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. The NLT translation says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you, watch this, into a new person by changing the way you think. Now listen, I have burnt probably millions of brain cells with all the drugs that I've taken in my life. But I can tell you today that the Holy Spirit through God's word is able to recreate and regenerate brain cells that believe, that meditate, that remember, that know God's word and can live out God's word and can change you into a new person by the attitude because the battlefield is always in the mind. Yes. 